Good morning, church. As I speak to you, it is in the middle of April in 2021, and the COVID restrictions are being lifted. Uh, for example, this week, my children were was allowed to go back in person to school. A lot of the movie theaters reopened uh, last week, and even indoor dining uh, has started. And so it's an exciting time in which um, this terrible uh, pandemic hopefully is dying down. I know a lot of us have had uh, relatives or loved ones, friends and family who has been sick because of COVID. And all of us have been affected by this uh, over one year lockdown. But it looks like that things are opening up. And um, I know even for churches, I know for churches, um, most services that were held um, remotely are, are hopefully coming back in person. And uh, so I know for me, I look forward um, to attending church in person again, uh, even though um, I know churches have been doing a good job uh, trying to adapt and having remote learning. But it's an exciting time. Uh, it's an exciting time because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. A lot of changes have gone on, and I wanted to show this next slide, uh, which shows something called the new normal. Okay, We had the old normal of life before COVID, and now we have what I call the new normal. Because even though uh, the virus hopefully is, is, is fading away, we don't know what changes have occurred already in our society. We don't know how people's attitudes and, and, and viewpoints have changed. Uh, I know definitely that people are thinking about uh, their mortality a lot more. And, and there's a lot of questions about um, how God was involved uh, during this pandemic, and what is the role of the church in terms of getting people back, uh, getting the lives back on track? And uh, so it is a is it a crucial turning point for the church as we turn around and really engage the community uh, even more than before. And I know for a generations church, there's a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, you are uh, adding a pastor to your church. You've got changes going on in, in, in the ministries. And so it's an exciting time. And so the passage that I wanted to share with you today uh, comes from the book of Joshua. Now Joshua, uh, if you look at the next slide here, the background of Joshua, it's, it's a fascinating story. Because if you remember historically, what happened was the Israelites, they, they finally end up in Egypt. Um, they went there with Joseph and all the, his brothers, and they were there. And then through the generations, the Israelites um, became slaves. And so here, they are in Egypt, and until many generations later, Moses rises. And the Lord rescues the Israelites from Egypt. They get the Ten Commandments. 
And, and as they leave Egypt, the, the Israelites show the Lord that they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not worthy to follow the Lord and enter the promised land. And so here you have this, this circle thing, this 40 years of wandering in the desert in which this generation that was in Egypt, that were slaves in Egypt, most of them die away. And now, as even, even Moses passes away, he sees the promised land, but he doesn't enter into it. And here you have Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua, who was a young, very strong man when he was younger, he, he, he was the assistant to Moses. He's now the leader of Israel. And the Lord is telling him uh, to get ready. And he's telling the people of Israel to get ready as they enter the promised land. And I think there's a lot of this. There's a good analogy here. That as a church, Generations Church, the future looks exciting. We don't know what's going to be happening in the church. We don't know about the ministries or what God's going to be doing in our midst. But it's important that we are ready as individuals, as Christians, and also as a church, both the local church and and the greater Christian church, that we need to engage the community. We need to share the gospel message and bring Christ to a world that even more so now desperately needs him. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 as we take a look um, at how God prepares the people of Israel to enter the promised land and what type of attitude and what type of um, obedience is required for them to do this. So let's take a look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. You see, as Christians, we should always be ready. Okay, ready to share the gospel, ready to do ministry, ready to love the people around us, ready to love the strangers that are out there, ready to show the power of Christ in people's lives. But even now, especially now as we finish up with, with the COVID lockdowns, the church is now in the position to really go forth and, and really expand our outreach to the people around us. We need to get ready. Okay. The first point I want to make is when you are out there, when we as individuals and we as a church, when we go out there, we should not be afraid. Which is my first point this morning. Be not afraid. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. You see, God has promised the people of Israel 
in the same way that God has promised us as Christians, okay, that He's always going to be with us and He will guide us. All right? Um, verse 4 Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, to the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, Mediterranean Sea. I mean, He's describing the promised land and He's making sure the people of Israel remembers that God has promised this land to them. And they need to just go and claim it now. He says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That's a promise that I'm sure Joshua took to heart. Especially through all the the tough times that he had to go through. There, I'm sure there were many times when Joshua would be, uh, would be faced with an obstacle. But he's reminded that God has promised him that the Israelites will overcome. And that was an encouragement. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The first point here, be not afraid, remember God's promises. You know, personally for me, there were a lot of challenging times during COVID. Uh, Times when I was worried about uh, my family members' health, uh, my neighbors, my friends, a lot of people who who lost their jobs because of COVID, um, businesses that closed down, uh, many people feeling despair because they were not allowed to, to fellowship and to pray uh, in their small groups. And so I know there was a lot of people that were really affected and discouraged during this time of COVID. But at the same time, I hope that during this time that we were able to spend more time reflecting upon God's Word. That as we read the Bible that as we focus upon His promises, that we were not discouraged. Because as we read the Bible, we are reminded that God is greater than whatever obstacles that are out there. Let me highlight some of God's promises to us, and hopefully they are always on your mind, because He's always with you. Take a look at these verses. Philippians 4.19 And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12 My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 1 Corinthians 10.13 God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand under it. I mean, these are promises that God has made to us and and they dwell in our hearts and they encourage us every day. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. These are promises that God has made to you. 
as a believer in Jesus Christ, these are promises that we can claim because God loves us and these are the promises that He's given us as His children. Philippians 1.6 He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. My hope as we look at this first point is that for Joshua, these promises helped him to face all the obstacles that the Israelites were going to face as they entered Canaan. And for us as Christians, when we get discouraged, when we face obstacles, all we need to do is turn to the Lord. We remember the promises that He made to us His word is true now just as much as it was when Jesus um, was around. We need to trust in the Lord and remember His promises not to be afraid. So whatever happens in the future, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future, we may face a lot of different obstacles. But during those tough, difficult, dark times, we cling on to God's word and his promises. Do not fear. Let's move on to the second point. The second point that Joshua is reminded here is that we should be strong and courageous. If you look at this slide, um, you know I, I remember as I work with children and as I work with high school students in the public schools, one of my favorite questions to them to get to know them is I always ask them, who is your favorite superhero? Okay. Um, and there's, there's always, a, you know, a, many different answers. But the most common two uh, answers that people give me um, <clears throat> are usually Wonder Woman and Superman. Okay. Those are by far the, the most common superheroes that the students that I work with, they want to be. And I've asked them, I said, you know, why? You know, what is it about, you know, these two? And, and the answers are usually because they're so strong. You know, Wonder Woman, Superman, they can't be harmed. You know, the people shoot at them uh, and they're able to you know, deflect the bullets. And they have all these powers and, and they're so strong. And, and the thing is, you and I, you know, we have this natural desire to be strong and courageous. Uh, you know, people make so many movies about strong and courageous people, right? Uh, we root for heroes that are strong and courageous because we know that those are qualities that, that are good. We want strength and, and, and courage. And, and the Lord tells this to the Israelites. You know, you and I, we need to be strong and courageous. And I'm not talking about, you know, the strength of, of lifting objects. Uh, you know, I know Superman and, and, and Wonder Woman, they're, they're so strong, they can throw cars around. That's not the strength and courage that the Lord is talking about here. Uh, in verse 6, let me highlight this. Be strong and courageous. <clears throat> Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. The reason 
that the Lord wants us to be strong and courageous is He knows that our human nature, when we face obstacles and trials and tough times, we tend to be afraid and we tend to want to run away. Okay? And we want to give up or take the, take the easy way out. But Joshua was told by the Lord to be strong and courageous because he knew, God knew, that Joshua needed to be strong and courageous to be an example to the other Israelites of how to handle the obstacles in front of them. For the Israelites to, to get the promised land, they had to defeat many enemies. They had to overcome all these others for them to fulfill their promise. And so the Lord reminded Joshua and said to him, Remember the plan. Okay, this slide right here. Be strong and courageous. Remember God has a plan. God had a plan for the Israelites to be an example to the world of what it means to be a holy nation. A nation that follows the Lord, that loves one another, and loves others. The Canaanites that they were entering uh, and, and, and fighting were people that were, were false, worshippers of false gods, people that would sacrifice children uh, to their false gods. I mean, these were people that were wicked. And the Lord w- uh, was going to punish them as the people of Israel entered the promised land. And the people of Israel, they were able to be strong and courageous because they knew that God had a plan for them. That whatever happens, that God had a plan. Jeremiah 29 is a great passage. The Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, God's plan was very, very clear. God's plan was that the people of Israel was to be a faithful witness to the nation of God's righteous rule. And as the Israelites remembered God's plan, they were able to keep faith and persevere Because they knew that whatever happens, that God had a plan and He was in control. Dr. Arthur Lewis wrote, a historian here, The Lord's triumph over the Canaanites testified to the world that the God of Israel is the one true and living God. You see, God has a plan for each one of us. That each one individually as Christians, that God has a plan for us. And we need to trust in God's plan and we need to obey Him and follow Him. In this next slide, this is what we call the 1040 window. And I know a lot of people are called to countries uh, in the 1040 window, these missionary friends of mine. Because most people in the 1040 window do not know Christ. A lot of people here in the Middle East, Northern Africa, Asia, China, India, all these nations, 
there's a large number of non-Christians in these countries that have not heard the gospel message. And so for a lot of people out there, God's plan for them is to be overseas missionaries, to share the gospel to them. But there's a lot of people who are not called to overseas missions. Instead, in this next slide, many are called to be witnesses and disciple makers at home. Nobody is called to do nothing. What I mean by that is that each one of us, whether you're called to go on overseas missions or you're, you're called to be an evangelist here, the fact is each one of us, we have a calling and each one of us is to share the gospel message. I have here a map of the San Gabriel Valley and right next to it is Temple City High School. It's a picture of the school that's very close um, to where Generations is. The fact is there are a large number of non-Christians that attend Temple City High School. There's a large number of non-Christians that live in the San Gabriel Valley. There's many people that do not know Christ that work in the same place that you do or go to the same school that you do. And the fact is, each one of us, we are called to follow God's plan, that we are to be a light wherever we go, that we share the gospel message, that we show love to others and tell them what it means to follow the one true and loving God. So wherever you are, wherever you are, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Okay, As the Lord said in Acts 1, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I don't know exactly what God's plan is for you, but I do know that God does have a plan and that plan is for us to follow the Lord and share the gospel message. As we get ready, I want to end with the third point. The third point is that we need to be careful to obey. You see, the Israelites, the good news for them is they got ready, they weren't afraid, they believed in God's promises, they entered the promised land, um, they were able to to go over the, the promised land, they trusted in God's promises, and they were able to establish their nation, the nation of Israel in the promised land. Those things they remembered, but unfortunately... In the generations to come, they will forget some other parts that God had told them. Okay, let's go back to uh, verse 7. Verse 7, the Lord reminded the people of Israel, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
You see, we need to be careful to obey the Lord. The Lord taught Joshua. The Lord told the people, keep the book of the law. Okay, that's for us the first five books of the Bible. God wanted to make sure that they understood God's word, so that they would continue to follow Him and not turn away to false gods. Sadly, the Bible records that the people of Israel, you know, almost all the leaders, all the people, most of them would fall away. Only during certain few times. That the people of Israel as a whole would follow the Lord, because they would choose not to obey, and that's a lesson for us. There are times when we will get back on with our lives. I'm sure you know whenever COVID does recede, whether it's in a few months or in a few years, when that happens, people kind of get back into their, to their normal lives. It becomes very easy for us. To disobey the Lord and put Him aside, as we get on with our lives, we can't do that. We need to continuously stay committed to the Lord, to follow His commandments, to read the Bible, to do what it says, and to love others. We need to obey the Lord. The Lord promised us, "I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go." That was what was promised to the Israelites, and is promised to us. Let me show you what happened to the Israelites on this next slide here. There will be a pattern. The Israelites will disobey. Generation after generation of the Israelites, they will worship false gods. They will forget God's word. In fact, if you remember, uh, not too long ago, I preached a sermon on on when. When the nation of Israel had forgotten the entire Bible, that they lost the Book of the Law, okay, and it was only later um, when the king, you know, a righteous king, says, um, you know, he, he finds out that they they dig up, you know, they're searching through the temple, they're doing stuff, and and they're like, wow, we found a copy of the law, because all the people had stopped reading it, and they had forgotten about it. That's what happens, okay? The Israelites would follow the latest trends. They would get too busy, and they would be corrupted by the world's temptations. You see, you and I, we need to be aware of the dangers and the temptations that's out there, of what happens if we don't follow the Lord. Even Jesus said in John fourteen, "If you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commands." We need to follow the Lord, and and here's one of the key points I want to make today before we end. Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. He promised that the Holy Spirit would dwell within us, that the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, and give us the strength to resist temptation, and that the Holy Spirit will guide us. Verse sixteen in John fourteen, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you, and will be in you. 
You see, as Christians, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us to obey the Lord. That's why when when we are tempted to sin, we, we have this conscience. We have this Holy Spirit that's, that's telling us, okay, this is not what you're supposed to do. And, and in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we are reminded, okay, that when we are tempted, that the Holy Spirit will be there, that we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear, that God is with us and will continue to help us. I hope today that you remember that whatever happens in the future, as the church goes forward, that you remember God's word, that we should not be afraid, that we should be strong and courageous, and that we should obey the Lord in whatever in whatever situation that we are in. And, and knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells within us is an encouragement that we are never alone, that the Lord is always with us. I have this slide here of this sailboat. The Holy Spirit um, has been promised to us And one thing I know about sailboats is that the sailboat's main direction is dependent upon the the power behind the boat comes not from a motor, okay? It comes from the wind. And and when people are in sailboats, they, they learn to follow the wind and to be able to power the ship, the boat, forward. And in many ways, that's our lives. In our lives, we move forward, not by our own direction, but in following the Holy Spirit and where He leads us. And so I hope that whatever happens in the future, that we remember to follow the Lord. And I want to end my sermon today on a final illustration. I remember um, when I was in college many years ago, um, I was at a place called Hume Lake. Okay, Humanly Christian Camps. And there I heard a speaker. And the speaker told a story of how he once gave a sermon message. And at the end of the, the sermon message, he asked if anyone needed prayer. And there was a woman and her father that was there. Her father was, was very old, was, was feeling sick. Um, he had gone through chemotherapy and um, they weren't sure what was going to happen. And so she rolled him up on, uh, on his wheelchair and, and the pastor prayed for them. And he prayed that the Holy Spirit will, will work in their lives. And he prayed, uh, he prayed for healing. And you know, after the prayer ended, um, the man and, 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 and his daughter, they said, thank you. And then they, they left. Well, what happened was about um, a month later, that pastor got a phone call. And she called and said, hi, I am, uh, you know, I don't remember her name, you know. Let's just call her Jennifer, okay. We'll just say Jennifer. This is Jennifer. I'm calling you because I wanted to tell you and to thank you for the prayer that you gave to my father. He felt really blessed by it. And he, um, 
he really was touched by it. And so the pastor said, you know, why do you say was? I mean, what happened? You know, because he was a bit nervous. And she said, well, he, 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 he passed away. Um, but I wanted to tell you that your prayer really made an influence. And so the pastor was like, okay, what, what happened? Tell me what happened. And, and she said, after you prayed for my father, he was a new person. Because before coming to church that day, he was bitter and angry. He was sick. He had gone through so much pain with the chemotherapy. And he was bitter because he wanted to, to watch his grandchildren grow up. And he felt that his life was, was, he was being cheated. And so because of his bitterness, because of his anger, he was miserable. And everybody around him was miserable. But after that, that service, after that prayer... My father recommitted his life to Christ and he let the Holy Spirit lead him. In the last few weeks of his life, he became a new person. Gone was the bitterness. Gone was the anger uh, and, and the frustrations. And instead, he had the peace and, and the tranquility that came from knowing that God was in control. And with that, he was able to show love to me and my family and to all the people around him. The Holy Spirit truly worked in his life. I still remember that story because it really hits at the heart of the matter. That the Holy Spirit, that the Lord works in our lives and will always watch over us. We may not get what we want in terms of our life. We might not get the the, the type of cure that we want. But for this man, he didn't receive cure for his cancer, but he did receive healing. He was healed, and the Lord is here to heal us as well. So whatever pain that you may have in your life, whatever worries or fears, lift them up to the Lord, and He will watch over you and answer your prayers. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words in the book of Joshua, for the lessons that we, we learn from reading the Bible, Lord. Father, we pray that as the church moves forward from COVID, that we do so trusting in you, that we move forward not in fear, but we remain strong and courageous that whatever happens, that we will trust in your plan and in your promises. We pray that you help us to obey your word, that as we share the gospel message, that we will not become prideful, that we will trust not in ourselves, but we will continue to trust in you. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and we pray that you will continue to work in our lives, that you continue to heal us, we thank you for the gospel message that because of Jesus Christ on the cross and his death and resurrection, that we have forgiveness for our sins and that we have eternal life. And as we live out the rest of our days here on earth, whether it's just a few more days, a few more years, a few more decades, we don't know how long we have, but we do know that you hold us in your hands and that you've already gave us healing 
through Jesus Christ. So we ask that you help us to live our lives looking forward, trusting in you, and spreading the gospel message. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.